Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. to a dog oh my gosh I love speaking about the Holy Spirit you know we are living with the Holy Spirit right powerful powerful so we're talking about this gifts of the Spirit now Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy so I want you to say Sarah I want you to say Jesus lives in me so I have the spirit of prophecy come on Come on, say the same thing. Come on. Jesus lives in me, so I have the spirit of prophecy. Okay, let's all say that. Jesus lives in me, so I have the spirit of prophecy. We are a prophetic church. We are a supernatural church. And the spiritual gifts are given to us so that we can move in the supernatural. Right? So it becomes just familiar to us. And what happens is when things become so familiar to us, it becomes ordinary and we just take it for granted. And so what happened to me is because I pray in the tongue, in tongues, everybody here prays in tongues? In the Holy Ghost, we pray in that? Well, the Holy Spirit had to tell me, do you, Esther, what are you doing? And he always says that to me when I know, I, okay, he's going to tell me something. What did I do now? You know, I messed up somewhere. What, what am I doing? I asked him. He said, you know, the Holy Spirit was the first gift that was given to the church, right? When the 120 days, they waited up in, in the book of Acts, we read about it. And then the, the fire fell. And then the first thing they did was what? They started speaking in the heavenly language. Now, your heavenly language is special. It's a language that from heaven. It's a language that the Lord has given you so that you can communicate with him personally with Jesus. The enemy doesn't know what you're saying. When you're praying in tongues, the enemy has no idea what you're saying. So the Holy Spirit is the gift. And the first manifestation was the spirit language, the language that you can communicate with the Lord. Now, the Lord knew what was going to happen to his disciples, right? He knew and he told them, hey, they're going to be hunted down. They're going to persecute you. You're going to have to drink the cup that I drink. Yes, you will have to drink what I drink. And so he knew that the spirit was going to make them strong enough to do that. Erica, could you meet me my water? I left it there, please. And so, is it there? Oh, no. That's me. I brought it with me. <laughs> I'm getting dry. But anyway, he knew, he knew that you were going to have to fight, that you are going to have to be uh, in war, in warfare. Because the moment you get saved, guess what? You have a big um, target on you. And the moment you start serving God and say, I'm going to serve you with all my heart, well, guess what? So the Holy Spirit is, the, the language that you have is the best thing for you to pray. It's the way you communicate with the Lord. So, you know, I'm a person with books all the time. So I was a little kid. I was always carrying around books. And this is a slim little book. And if you came to the women's conference, I mean, to the women's um, prayer meeting, speaking in tongues, your secret weapon 
because it is a weapon. I just want to share some things that this man wrote. He was a pastor, and at one time he, he preached against tongues. He didn't believe it. But there's 10 benefits to praying in tongues. You pray the perfect will of God when you pray in tongues. So when you're praying and you just run out of, how am I going to pray about this? Because you're saying, how am I going to do now? I prayed this. I prayed the word of God. And you know, when you're in a real, in a real time of, of trial or in a real time of, um, you feel that, that urgency, just start praying in the Holy Ghost. Right? Think about what God could do through, through all we pray uninterrupted in tongues. What if we prayed every day for 30 minutes in tongues? That's your communication between you and God. Now, this is the first manifestation of the Holy Spirit. The gift is the Holy Spirit. The manifestation is tongues, right? So it is a special code of communication. In every military engagement, essential high-level information must be shared with key personnel. A war can be quickly lost if troop movements or airstrikes or rendezvous points are, are revealed. And so we understand that, you know. I know I, I know I read in another book, it says, don't let the devil know that you're worried. <laughs> don't let him know that you're, you're, you're wondering. Because, you know, he doesn't know what we think. But he is the first psychiatrist there ever was. You know, he, he studied us. He's the first salesman there ever was. And so he sees your, your, your face. He sees your expressions. And so I tell people, you have to have a poker face. You have to, like, have no expression. <laughs> so, you know. Because the first thing they want to do is make you worried, and the first thing they want to do is make you doubt God, right? So when you start feeling like that, start praying in tongues real fast. So it's a wartime thing because we're at war. Right now we know more than ever that it's war against good and evil right now. So when, you know, praying in tongues is a Christian special language. The enemy cannot break the code. And so the Amplified Bible, which I love, says... For one who speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak to people but to God. For no one understands him or catches his meaning, but by the Spirit he speaks mysteries, secret truth, hidden things. So that means that when you're praying that way, the Holy Spirit is, is giving you hidden things in your heart. You know, it's just revelation. That's one of the fruits of the Spirit. That's one of the manifestations of the Spirit, the word of knowledge and the spirit of revelation. You know, the seven spirits of God. It's revelation. What is it? Revelation knowledge, might, uh, counsel, some of his spirits. And so because Jesus lives in you, you have all those that manifestation in you. And the way you release that is speaking in tongues. When you start praying in tongues, it's a quicker way to release it than to, you know, than to you know, say, oh, Lord, I know you're in me. I know you're in me. Help me, help me, help me. My girlfriend, Diane Milan, used to say, I used to say, I... I, 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 I rebuke you, devil. I rebuke you, devil. I plead the blood. I plead the blood. But she said it wasn't really helping <laughs> because she was just saying words but didn't understand what she was saying. So whenever we're in a, in a situation, the best thing to do is go ahead and pray in tongues. Okay, so and then he reveals hidden things. The devil cannot understand or decipher what we are praying. It puts the devil at a disadvantage. You know, it's much like parents who speak Spanish and don't want their kids to know what they're speaking about. And the children don't speak, don't speak Spanish, you start speaking in Spanish around your kids, right? Same thing. And it draws you closer to God. You can actually use your spirit language for more than just praying. You can sing, worship, and magnify God in tongues. All right? That's wonderful. You develop your spiritual muscles. As you pray in tongues, uh, in Judah tells us that you build yourself up on your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost.
So when you're praying in tongues, you're building your faith up. And it, and it says in some, in some uh, translation, it says you're, you're be going up like a great edifice, like a large building when you're praying in tongues. We, we decided in our prayer group, we decided that praying in tongues was like miracle grow. Miracle grow that you put on plants. It's like miracle grow for yourself, for your spirit, for your family, for yourself. Don't you love that when you think about that? Sarah, just think about that. When you pray in tongues, it's miracle grow. You're growing stronger in the Holy Spirit. Okay, so again, praying in the Spirit is like working out your spiritual muscles. The more you do it, the stronger you become. It stirs up your faith. It opens the gateway for real-time ministry opportunities. You're supernaturally accomplished much more when you pray in tongues. Praying in tongues changes your spirit like a charges your spirit like a battery charger charges a battery. That's what it does. And we, we understand that it does. It does. And that's the most wonderful thing. It draws you closer to God. It stirs up your faith. It's you supernaturally accomplish more. You know, praying in tongues prepares you for your future and your future for you. In the process, obstacles and oppositions are being uprooted and weakened even before you face them in the natural. Remember, praying in tongues takes you beyond human capabilities and far beyond your earthly knowledge of things. Everything about praying in tongues is supernatural. It's supernatural. It's your, it's your spiritual language to speak to the Lord. Isn't it wonderful? Only you and he. It's your intimate language with him. It's he, you know, your husband, your wife, your children don't have that same language. It's special language that the Lord has just because he wants you to come to him and speak to him in that language. Isn't that wonderful? And it can calm you in a turbulent environment. When, you, when you're, uh, you know, when the enemy is attacking really hard and you think, and you know, the enemy always, when you, you know when the enemy is attacking you because he attacks with intimidation and fear and then pressure, do you have to do something? Just do something. You just have to do something. You know, oh, that's him. So you start praying in tongues. The moment you start praying in tongues, it calms you. The Holy Spirit begins to be stirred up within you. It begins to take authority in your life. That's why that's the number one thing to remember, to pray in tongues. Don't ignore it. I had to uh, you know, tell the Lord I was sorry that I was taking it like a common thing. So it opens a gateway for real-time ministry opportunities. Throughout your day, pray in tongues. Paul said, pray without ceasing. Thessalonians 5.16. This doesn't mean you must pray nonstop 24 hours a day. That would be impossible. It means you should stay in a constant state of prayer, of, of listening for the Lord, of, of having ears to hear, right? And it helps you to have ears to hear. It brings clarity to the will of God for your life. Because, you know, the one thing the devil wants to do is give you all, 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 you know, worried, what, what is, what's, my God's, what's God's will for my life? Shall I teach? Shall I preach? Shall I go out and be a missionary? You know, and then you start seeking the will of God and want to say, Lord, is this it? And then you go up and you ask people, pray for me. Pray for me that I'll find what the will of God is for you. I know you're a preacher. Right there, you're a preacher, huh? That's, you know that already. Yeah. yeah we, we, know, we know that. And you're an evangelist back there sitting in that chair, right? You know that already. You're called to do that. Okay, so many of us, and you're a warrior, a worship warrior, because you worship and you praise God and you play music. So, but it brings clarity to you because you, you need to spend significant time praying in tongues. It clears your mind and it helps you to make decisions for your ministry. That's, that's what praying in tongues does. That's a spiritual gift. But then in Romans eleven twenty nine, it tells us, 
for the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. For he does not withdraw what he has given, nor does he change his mind about the, those to whom he gives his grace or to whom he sends his call. Now, some of us, we spoke about that here, that you already know what he's called you to be, an evangelist, a preacher, right? Sarah, are you a teacher? Okay. You know how we kind of like, Brother Neville used to always say, just watch and see what you're always called to do. What is the thing that you're always asked to do? You know, in the church, you find yourself always praying for somebody. Or you find your, and I always found myself being asked to pray for deliverance for someone. And believe me, I didn't want to do it, <laughs> you know. But then I realized that this is the direction the Lord was taking me in. So it depends on, on what you find yourself doing all the time. It's a gift of helps. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, to, But each one is given through the Holy Spirit, the spiritual illumination, and the enabling of the Holy Spirit for the common good for all of us, for all of you. So what God has called us to do is for each one of us to help us. But because you have the Holy Spirit, you can manifest any of those gifts when you need them. You can have the gift of knowledge, the gift of wisdom, the word of wisdom. You can understand. You can, you can prophesy over somebody. You can pray for somebody. You can pray healing over somebody and someone will be healed because you have the Holy Spirit in you. You have Jesus living in you. And Jesus will lead you and direct you. And it's easier to hear him when you spend time praying in the Holy Spirit with him because that's his language, right? It's so much easier. So let's turn to Ephesians 4, chapter 4, and uh, my favorite Bible. It's huge. It's big. My granddaughter gave it to me for Christmas. But I love it because it's the Amplified Bible. Ephesians 4. Uh, let's see. Ephesians 4, 11. Oops, there goes my water. <laughs> oh, my goodness, it's fun. Okay, let's see. 4.11. And his gifts to the church were varied, and he himself appointed some as apostles, special messengers, representatives, some as prophets who speak a new message from God to the people, some as evangelists who spread the good news of salvation, and some as pastors and teachers to shepherd and guide and instruct. And he did this to fully equip and perfect the saints, God's people, for work of service, to build up the body of Christ, the church. So we know that this is a reason why he's given these gifts to the church, right? So some are called to be teachers. You're called, you teach Sunday school. Don't, don't feel that it's less than teaching uh, adults because it's, you are the first representative of the children will experience church. That's who they will always remember church is. That's who they'll always think about church. Well, you represent to them because you love them, you give love to them, you spend time with them, and to them, that, that's church. And so that will always be their memory. You know, at one time I was a Sunday school supervisor at church, and I used to tell people, I used to get so upset when they, I, they'd say, but I don't want to babysit. I go, it's not babysitting. It's not. It's Gosh, poor old lady. I gotta get a drink of water. Sorry. Oh, thank you. We blessed to have this pastor. He's the best. He and Maria are so precious. 
They're just precious. I, don't you agree? I, yes, I say yes, yes, they are. Yes, they are. They are precious. So to each one is given the Holy Spirit. So, now, this is a book that everybody has and that most people have. It's written by my nephew, not to, you know, not to say his names, but it Carriers of Glory talks all about the gifts of the Spirit. And so in 1 Corinthians 12, 11, it says, It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each, each person should have. Now, the Holy Spirit is the source of the gifts. And the Lord has created you in your mother's womb, ready to serve him. He has a plan for you in the kingdom of heaven. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is a source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. For God's gift and his call can never be withdrawn. So, you know, even if someone falls into sin, God will not withdraw withdraw that call yet the person will repent and God will bring him home and maybe depending on you know how deep it was his ministry will not probably be the same as it always was but he will still serve God and God will still you know forgive him you know and only we 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 natural people will say how can that be <laughs> right so now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. Each one has received a gift. So you have received a gift. You received the Holy Spirit. And Sarah, I don't know why the Lord keeps telling me to bug you about it. He keeps putting my face over there looking at you. Sarah, you have the gift of the Holy Spirit. Sarah, there's something for you to do for him. He's given you the, the ability and the power. I don't know what it is. But God will reveal it to you as, you as you pray in the Spirit. So this is wonderful. Now, I read in Romans what it said. Now, the gifts of the Spirit, now I'm going to, there's a lot of gifts of the Spirit. A lot of, a lot of manifestations of the Holy Spirit. There's a gift of exhortation where you encourage people, you exhort people. That's found in Romans 12.8. There is a gift of giving. Giving is a gift, you know. You find yourself giving to people. You find yourself, you know, wanting to give a Pentecostal handshakes. It's an old expression from a long time ago. And what it is is that as the Holy Spirit leads you, you shake somebody's hand, you give them $20, $50, $100. Whatever it is the Lord says to you, go over there and give them this money. And then you just do it. Don't tell anybody what you've done or anything, but you just do it out of obedience to the Lord. And that's the best protection you have is to obey God. And then there's a gift of leadership. Some are called to lead, to be leaders. Then there's a gift of prophecy, which everyone here has. There's a service gift. There's a gift to serve, administration and helps. There's a gift of discernment and faith and healing and the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, miracles, tongues, tongues, interpretation of tongues. Now, there's the tongues that we talked about, our personal tongues. That's the one where you pray to the Lord in its own language. But then there's the tongues that we have not experienced as of yet in this congregation, but we will. Because you will, once somebody here will, it's when the Holy Spirit moves on your heart and you start speaking out in tongues. Because it's such a, uh, 
you're just filled like a fire within you and it just spills over and you just start praying in tongues and either you or someone else in the congregation will have the interpretation. And so when that happens, some of us have experienced that and we understand what that is and it gets very quiet and then somebody will give the interpretation. That's the gifts of tongues for the congregation, for the church. That's not the private tongues that you pray to the Lord with. Then there is the the gift of the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, the apostle, and the prophet. So, you know, don't be thrown off by the use of the term service gifts. Of course, all the spiritual gifts are given for service. All spiritual gifts are of equal importance. It is merely for the sake of categorizing that that my nephew used that gift, that uh, called the service gifts. The office gifts are prophet, pastor, evangelist, teacher, and apostle. Now, apostles are usually missionaries, right? Pastor Neville was an apostle because he started a new work, right? Uh, my, my niece's husband, Bobby Menchaca, is apostle. He's a missionary, but he's also started new works where he oversees several churches in Europe. Okay, so they still, you know, they still exist. God still uses them. God still is moving in the same way. Okay, so then we, we know about evangelists, you know, who just just go out there and they preach and people get saved. That's like um, Abraham Pedraja. He was called first to be an evangelist. And he just does. And there was uh, someone a long time ago in Maywood, he, um, he would birth a church never even he just birthed it you know he had churches all at Alan Cates he would just do that I don't know if you ever met him yes but he he could walk down the street and go across the street see somebody and cast out the demon and then keep walking that's how, that's just, and he loved people he was full of love he was just full of love and he would wherever he'd go he'd build a church the church would be built and one time he said to my husband and I you know what Esther Robert, we're not going um, to, we're, we're, you know what, we're going to take time out. We're just going to have a regular job. We're not going to go out and pioneer anymore. I got a job as a manager in the city of Norwalk, and I'm just going to be there as a manager and rest for a while because he had, built, had started churches in Arizona. And so one day we get a phone call from him, and he goes, I don't know what happened. He says, well, I you know, I just started sharing with people, loving people, and then I started a Bible study. He goes, I got over 30 people here in my home now. I need, I need to talk to you. I need to start a church. So that was a Norwalk church when it started. So he was like an evangelist. He had that gift from the Holy Spirit, you know. So a prophet is one who is raised by God as a mouthpiece of heaven. Now, everybody can prophesy. The gift of prophet is different. But everyone can prophesy. Mothers prophesy all the time with their children. Because mothers always know what's happening. Don't we? Our kids think we don't, but we do because the Holy Spirit tells us. And we do. We go in there and we go, what are you doing? Nothing? No, what are, what's happening? You know, and it's like they go. And so, you know, we just, mothers just know because the Holy Spirit gives you the prophetic power to know these things. Those are the gifts, the gifts the Lord gives you. Now, some things we know, there's, you know, there's a manifestation of those who have the gift of, of, of singing, of music and worship. Anyone who worships and sings is a warrior. 
because praise and worship is warfare. It's warfare. So, and in heaven, it's 24 hours, seven, there's always worship going on in heaven. So if you have the gift of music in you, you are a warrior. Isn't that amazing? You are a warrior. So, and then everyone can prophesy. But some people are called to the office of prophet, which is a little different than just prophesying, right? Okay, so those are the gifts, the service gifts. Now I want to share with you, um, let's see, what happens, see, the Lord gives you a gift, and we always read these scriptures, and I love this Amplified Bible because it helped me to understand a little bit better these parables of the lamp and the parables that the Lord taught with about using these gifts. Now in Luke 8.18 it says, so be careful how you listen for whoever has a teachable heart, to him more understanding will be given, and whoever does not have a longing for truth, even what he thinks has but he has will be taken away from him. So when we tell the Lord we have an ear to hear, we mean he expects us to listen to what is being preached, what is being spoken. Because as it says here it's, we have a teachable heart. So you can say, Lord, I have a teachable heart. And I have more understanding. And I'm, I'm, I'm even what I think, Lord, nothing will be taken from me, Father, because I have a teachable heart and I'm listening. Now I want you to understand God has called us and given us gifts to minister. Now in Mark 4.25 it says, then he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. By your own standard of measurement, that is, to the extent that you study spiritual truth and apply godly wisdom, it will be measured to you, and you will be given even greater ability to respond. And more will be given to you beside. For whoever has a teachable heart, to him more understanding will be given. And whoever does not have a yearning for truth, even what he has will be taken away from him. So that means, you know, when you just yearn from something, you know, you just want to see it all the time. You want to be with it. You want to talk to the Lord. And so after a while, when you hear you know, we know the parable of the seed went to the heart, right? And when the cares of the world, you know, choked it out. And then the devil came and took it out. But words spoken, so whoever has a teachable heart, to him more understanding will be given. And whoever does not have a yearning for truth, even that which he has will be taken away. So you want to know the truth. The truth is the word of God, right? So we understand that. We understand what this means when, he, when we start moving in the gifts that he's given us. Now, Matthew 25, 29 says, For to everyone who has and values his blessings and gifts from God and has used them wisely, more will be given, and he will be richly supplied so that he will have an abundance. But from the one who does not have, because he has ignored or disregarded his blessing and gifts from God, even what he does have will be taken away. And, you know, we always think, oh, my gosh, that's terrible. But what happens is you ignore it, you let it go, and it, it goes away. Because, you know, Jesus is, is, uh, is kind. He, he's not overbearing. He just calls you, and he's always, you know, waiting for you to call. So we're not lazy servants here. And you are, you are prophetic people here. And if you are called to do something, and you, pra and you study, and you prepare yourself as the Holy Spirit leads you, it's a lot easier if the Holy Spirit leads you to prepare yourself. 
as you prepare yourself. But let me say that when you prepare yourself and you decide and God has a ministry and you go for it, you're going to be attacked. The enemy says, uh-oh, they're going to do something. I got to let them have it. Hopefully they'll give up and not keep going. <laughs> but I know everybody here doesn't do that. Everybody here are fighters and warriors. And so it doesn't matter how many times you, we fall down, we get up again. We get up again and say we have that bounce back ability. So what? We tell the enemy, so what? I tell him, oh, well, here we go again, right? Now, here's a book by John Eckhart. It's called the uh, Prophet's Manual. And I consider everybody here prof prophetic and prophet. So I believe that we're going to move in all the, all the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. I believe that many of you here will be giving words of prophecy in service. I believe that Charlene will be laying hands on people and healing them, and they will be healed. I believe that, Charlene. I believe that. I believe that you have that ability and that power to do that. I believe when, when your children are sick at home, you lay hands on them, and they'll, be re and they'll recover. I believe that that's so. What I want to share with you is a big three in order because you know you have giftings here. Miranda is a wonderful teacher. I hear her teaching, and it's wonderful. She's wonderful, and her husband, they're a powerful couple. They're a power couple in this church, like Desi and, and, uh, and her husband, Brandon, and just like uh, Josh and his wife, Anna. You are power couples, just as you are, and your husband eventually will be here. You'll be a power couple. And believe that. Say, I'm a power couple. We are power couples. But with that, you have a big, a big target on you. You're going to be fighting the enemy. And the enemy's going to be fighting you. It just goes with the territory. You know, the Lord said, you know, the tribulation will come. So, but the big three for you to move and for us to grow in the gifts of the Spirit. There are three things the Lord requires of you as his prophetic people. And these three things are what God will contend for throughout your life as a prophet or prophetic people. These three things apply to all believers, but especially to prophets. So submit yourself to learn what the Lord requires and be faithful to do and say all he commands, starting and always ending here. Do justly. Treat people fairly. Don't take advantage of the weak. Don't mistreat others. Don't use your power and authority to destroy others. Don't return evil for good. Don't forget or overlook people who helped you. Don't betray your friends. Don't use and misuse others for personal gain. Don't destroy people through slander and backbiting. Protect and defend the innocent. Don't cheat people, but give everyone what is due to them. Issue correct verdicts and judgments against evil and wickedness. Don't favor or excuse the wicked and rebellious. Number two, love mercy. Be kind and compassionate to others. Show loving kindness. Don't be critical, self-righteous, and condemning. Be forgiving and kind. Help and bless those who are oppressed. Support the weak. Be generous and benevolent. Bless those who curse you. Number three, walk humbly. Don't be vain, proud, rude, or arrogant. Don't look down upon others. Don't be self-promoting. Always be teachable. Be willing to receive correction. Admit when you are wrong and be quick to apologize. Bow to worship and always be reverent of God. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Honor and respect those who are great, greater than you. Submit and respect those in authority. Don't forget where you came from. Examine yourself. 
So that, that's, that's how, that's what, this is, this is a church because this church is going to be powerful. This church is going to be powerful. And everything I read here, the don'ts do do, is because that's what the enemy's waiting for you to do. So he can cause you to lose your, your ministry. Maintaining an attitude of humility is essential in the prophetic ministry. Otherwise, elitism creeps in and grows up to characterize prophetic individuals and groups. We start, th we start thinking we're better than everybody else. We start thinking Praise Chapel Las Vegas is it. This is it. Nobody can, can be like us. That's what happens. Experiencing supernatural revelation can be heady wine, and people too often begin to think of themselves more highly than they ought after having drunk it over a period of time. So you have to bring yourself down all the time. You have to always, as Bill Hall says, somebody praise you, it's like a water on a duck's back. If somebody criticizes you, take care of it the same way. Think of it in the same way, you know? And so I just leave you with this. You are powerful people. We are a powerful church. Each one of you, your power couples in here, your power warriors in here, if you, if you sing and you praise God and you're going to preach, right, Josh? Okay, so I want you to come up here. Come up here, Josh. Let's do some power words. Let's do some power words from you. You have some power words here. Holy Ghost has called you to preach. What do you say to the Holy Spirit? Amen. Amen? <laughs> what else do you say?